Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode 14 of Work Life 360. Today, we're going to be talking all about relationships, part two. It's going to be action-packed. You want to make sure that you are in a comfortable position and feet firmly planted on the ground. But first, if you are a first-time listener, welcome. Uh, If this is the first time joining us, welcome. And Ron and I deliver great content every Wednesday. Leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. Go ahead and hop over to any of those. Leave a review. Again, today, guys, is going to be outstanding. It's all going to be about relationships and and kind of walking through Rhonda's experience this weekend. Rhonda, how are you? I'm doing great, Bruce. Um, I mentioned to you I went to get my second COVID shot. Got to say, so far, I'm pretty lucky. Day two after the shot, and I'm feeling pretty good, just a little fatigued. And with everything happening this weekend, I'm anxious to connect with you and and everybody I care about and do some good chit-chatting that I hope will um, bring about some positive vibes. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I know, you know, we were kind of texting back and forth yesterday and today, and it was hit or miss there for a while, whether you can be (laughs) able to, to record today. Because I've heard all the chills and sickness and people not feeling so good and fatigue kind of hitting day two, day three. And so with today being day two, I wasn't sure. Um, and I didn't want to obviously disappoint you and I, your time is valuable and I didn't want to mess up your plans for today. So I'm really thankful that I feel pretty healthy overall. So I can't complain. I'm pretty fortunate. That's awesome. Yeah, I know uh, they finally opened up vaccines in our area and and i've been trying to trying to pin one down and they just now let us know that there was going to be shots available next week if it's anything like arizona it was one of those every time you go on everything's booked and you just might get lucky in the middle of the night and find an appointment that uh, maybe somebody canceled so it's been a struggle for people here yeah we're glad they're here you know whether you decide to take one or not that's up to you, but uh, we're glad that there's there's a solution or at least there's progress being made and mm-hmm. restrictions are being lifted. And you know what? We can go out and see people, which is awesome. Um, over Thanksgiving, a couple weekends ago, we actually got to see people that we haven't seen in a year. And then just catching up with them was was awesome. You know, kind of rekindling that, that relationship, that, that friendship and catching up with them and where they've been and how COVID's kind of impacted their lives has, has been... Uh, was fun to to learn and explore and just be around people having a beer was awesome people are really ready for reconnecting with folks that they haven't seen and traveling and just getting out into a new space that we haven't had access to and and having those heart-to-hearts and even hugs seeing smiles and things Mm -hmm. of that nature are really important which kind of leads to our action item of last week which was to kind of do a self-analysis and review a relationship that maybe we should 
dive into a little deeper and work on improving it or just growing and developing from that relationship. And as I had shared before, my biological mother, who I haven't seen in 46 years since she left my brother and I, she since met my brother several times and because he's in Jersey, but she wasn't unable to travel. She's going to be 81, much older than I anticipated. And Getting that COVID shot was really important because she has a lot of health issues. And on the phone, I could hear her anxious vibes of wanting to really connect with me and dive into some of the things that led to our separation. And it was very emotional. That's something I would never have expected if you asked me a year ago that I would have reconnected with her and be talking about and kind of sitting with that right now. Yes. What was some of like, what was her purpose for wanting to reconnect? Because obviously she could have went on with life and and just always stayed disconnected. But what was her what was her purpose? I should probably share a little backstory to this. What happened was when my daughter turned 30, her biological father was an alcoholic. So while I tried to include him in her life because my mother was an absent parent and left us, he just couldn't get his act together for several reasons. So he was not influential in her life nor part of her life despite our trying to make that work out for everyone's safety. Long story short, she really doesn't have a lot of information about the health history from his side of the family. So we, for Christmas, did this 23andMe ancestry report, which she was interested in the health components of learning about her health history on both sides of the family. Sure. And that resulted in a cousin of mine reaching out to me and sending me a picture through this app that, oh, I think one of the ladies in this picture is either your sister, your grandmother, or your biological mother. And then she asked me, is your father's name Tom and your stepmother's name Eileen? And I'm like, whoa. So that's how this happened. And she kind of initiated the introduction without my realizing that this was going to happen like within a day. So I get a phone call and here it's my biological mother. And I'm kidding you not, Bruce. It was on Mother's Day. I was about to go hiking with my husband and I get a phone call and this high pitched voice says, hi, Rhonda, it's your long lost mother. And I was in shock. So I have to put that in context. So after that call, um, there was like once a month, maybe a text back and forth. And then about a month ago, she really felt the need to come meet me. And I think that stemmed from the relationship she was fostering with my brother. While I was a little more distant with that connection and not really sure what I was looking for, I was open to whatever she wanted. Um... And I was more concerned for my brother because I felt in my heart he always missed her and there was always a lot of questions where I didn't have that same longing like my brother did. You know, as a mother, once I had my daughter, that kind of dissipated. And I have some reasons for that, which is a whole other topic. So, you know, not understanding as a mother how you could give away your child really was where I lost the impulse to find her. And I thought... If she wants to find me one day, great. If not, I'm fine with that too. But my brother was always longing for finding her. So when she approached me last month about coming to visit, I just kept an open mind. I was trying not to judge her or have any perceived 
thoughts about what that would mean Mm -hmm. um, if that kind of answers your question. One way or another, I was fine with whatever would be, but I thought she's older, why not? But I wanted to be forthcoming with my parents, my father and my stepmother who raised me because, you know, that can be tricky with people's feelings. Yeah, yeah. And that's what actually I felt that. I felt that in the reconnecting with my mother the past three days, I felt some sense of responsibility to stand up for the parents that raised me when I noticed some judgments coming on. But I was trying to come from a sense of compassion, understanding she's had this relationship with my brother now in person for, I would say, six months. So he shared a lot of her childhood, which has included a lot of trauma. And then there was some judging the last day that I was with her. I just kind of listened to her story, but I noticed her judging my parents. So it mm. was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. So here, here's this, this woman that lives on the other side of the country, right? Getting on an airplane, flying out to see her daughter. Like what, what kind of emotions do you think she went through? Like how nerve wracking would that be? I could tell when I saw her at the airport, her body language, I could feel her nervousness and I just explained to her, look, the past is the past. You did the best you could in the moment based upon your skill set at that time, which obviously her issues with drugs, alcohol, and mental health, they limited her ability to healthily raise children. And I'm very aware of that. So don't at all judge her on that. And she's older. She's not in the best of health, but she got on an airplane and traveled by herself during a pandemic during a pandemic how brave was that and yeah i even said that to my husband that was a very loving gesture and i felt it was my responsibility as her daughter to just show her love and compassion as best i could and i was intentional bruce about just listening my husband afterwards he's like wow i expected you to ask her a lot of questions and for me it was more about letting her tell her story and just listening with an open heart and i was very conscious of that and i kept my questions that i had or thoughts about what she was communicating because she's going to have her story you know and then there's other stories from my brother and then there's stories from my perception, stories from my parents' perception. So there's all these different perceptions. And I really wanted to not only just listen with an open heart, but then also show her in my way, none of us should be playing the blame game for some of the not so great stuff that happens because that's life, right? There's just, life is all about the journey and we all make mistakes, some huge mistakes that really hurt the people that we love. But if our intentions come from a loving place but maybe we're not mentally in a healthy space that's a part of life and and that was important for me to continue to communicate to her I could see that she would get really nervous and she's like I wasn't sure whether to hug you or shake your hand or you really... know that whole flight she's sitting there thinking about that like when I see her do I hug her do I shake mm -hmm. her hand do I you know give her a fist bump <laughs> all kidding aside but what a powerful story. So here, here she is walking down the terminal and you see her and give her a hug. And that's what a lot of people vision right now, but like mm -hmm. it goes on, right? Like mm -hmm. now you're in baggage claim. You're standing next to this woman who's your mother. And then, then you're in the car driving home. Like what, what was the tension like or the, the connection 
like what did you what were you feeling just in the early stages of like picking her up from the airport I would with any relationship kind of that small chit chat stuff just to kind of break the ice and asking her how her flight was and then she was she shared this beautiful story of this man next to her helping her with her cell phone and trying to watch movies and keeping it pretty safe without going into some of the deeper topics that showed up the second day. So that first day, it really was kind of breaking the ice, kind of show and tell, here's this, here's that, just making sure she's comfortable and lighter conversations. But I noticed she was very unsure where to go with her comments because she would slip important information and then go on to another topic. So for example, the first thing that stood out as impactful from my perception was talking about her legs. Her legs were feeling sore. So I'm like, oh, let me see. Like roll up your, roll up your pants. I can check for swelling because sometimes when people travel, particularly 80 diabetic and have had a stroke, like I was really concerned about her legs. She said they weren't feeling so good. So I look at her legs and then there's this huge scar from her knee all the way down to her ankle. And hopefully I won't get too emotional talking about this. But so I see that I'm like, oh, it's all red. And are you feeling okay? She pulled her pants leg back down. I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, I don't want you to see that. And I said, well, do you mind my asking what happened? And she said, that's the scar of the first time I was molested when I was eight years old. Oh, my God. So an older cousin had molested her while babysitting her. And she ran out of the house and got hit by a car, broke her leg and they took her to the hospital. She had to have one of the first artificial bones ever put in a person's body at that particular hospital done just as a way to save her leg. They were gonna cut her leg off. I'm getting chills now just thinking about that. I mean, an eight-year-old kid. I mean, how old are your kids, Bruce? Uh, Six and four. I can't even fathom that. Immediately thereafter, she's like, but I don't wanna talk about that now. And I could see She was stating it just as, a matter of fact, this happened, by the way, and then let's go on to the next thing. Yeah. But knowing that from the conversations we had not face-to-face on the phone where she talked about how she was molested, which led to her drinking young because nobody believed her when she told her story. They thought she was lying, which led to mental health issues. I'm thinking to myself, that was probably the start of this whole trajectory of her life of lack of self-love, lack of self-worth, self-esteem blow. Nobody believes me. Nobody supports me. Mm -hmm. She started drinking when she was 12. So I can only imagine that led to some more conversations the second day, but I found it interesting that that first day because Maybe it didn't feel like a safe environment to share some of these details. It was just like I noticed that happening throughout the day, like little bursts of this happened, this happened, this happened. Um, So I felt like she really needed to maybe explain her upbringing so she wasn't feeling judged by me, but I was not judging her and I was just listening and I kept saying to her you did the best you could 
in the moment. And when you don't have those positive relationships to protect you, particularly as an eight-year-old child going through critical brain development, you're not even ready emotionally to regulate yourself or make decisions or understand and process what's happening. It just made me pretty sad and I really wanted her to feel accepted and and show her scars, really. Yeah, and I mean, just learning her story and learning about her and, you know, through your conversation the second day, I'm sure it's very difficult not, you know, you, I'm sure you found yourself judging her and, and trying to, to compartmentalize all of the information that's coming to you, you know, how did, how did you find yourself, you know, taking this information in and, and being able to embrace it, embrace it for what it was, right? Um, like you said, you were going into this with just, it is, it, this is going to be, whatever happens, it's meant to be, you know, whatever happens is. So how did you take this information, like disseminate it and, and not be judgmental or hold a grudge or maybe you did maybe you did hold a grudge or maybe you were ju- judgmental but kind of how did how did this the second day go with those conversations well the second day was I could feel I could see the smile I could see her popping around the house and and feeling at home and um anytime she spoke of her decisions I really was not judgmental of that. And I was very intentional. I was very mindful and paying attention in the moment, not trying, again, to think about questions that I wanted to ask her. I tried to be very present in the moment. And I didn't really notice the judging until the third day when I decided I was going to start journaling um, some of what she said to me because I want to communicate some of this to my daughter who's really interested to learn about a grandmother she doesn't know and maybe at some point she'll get to meet Um, Mm -hmm. but I found that the judgment for me showed up when she would say things like you get that from me like I was talking about you know I've owned three houses and gutted them and fixed them up and she would immediately say you got that from me and I thought to myself this is where the judgment came in. I didn't say it aloud, but then I felt the need to say, yeah, my dad, you know, from the time I was 10 years old, he always took my brother and I with him to work, whether it was down the yard or he was an electrician. When they were laid off from the union, he would barter services with his buddies. So I can pour concrete, I can lay floors, I can do plumbing, I can do left, I can do all these different traits, which at the time I didn't appreciate and my brother didn't appreciate, but that's where I learned these skills. So so I felt the judgment there. And then I would notice it when she would say things like, well, your brother told me that your dad used to make you two work all the time and not Shelly and Nikki. Now, Shelly and Nikki are my sister and brother from my stepmom's side. So, so I noticed the judgment show up there when comments were made. So I said things like, well, 
Nikki was younger than us, so he can't go outside and rake rocks or lay concrete. Sure, sure. Or, and my sister is deathly allergic to bees and almost died three times, so she cannot be outside for any extended period of time. So it was one of those things that kind of had me step back because I was really trying to be compassionate and not judge her, but I noticed there was judgment here from her about people that she has no idea about. But you know what, Bruce, the beautiful thing was? Before she left, she said to me, Ron, you gave me a whole bunch to think about because your brother has been sharing these stories, but I never thought about X, Y, and Z. Like how about having a little compassion for my stepmother who took in two children from a man who cheated on her and raised them. Like, how about that? How about some compassion for her? She's a saint in my book. Yeah. How about some compassion for my father, who was in Vietnam, shot three times, was expected to die, never got treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder, was in a ditch for two days and should have died, and came from a rough Italian background where the belt and the whip was the way you disciplined your children. So for me, it was sharing a little bit from my perspective nobody does this parenting or this life living thing perfect we all learn from our mistakes and what I loved is she actually was paying attention and listening to me so it was a two-way street whereas she could have brushed that off and stuck to her guns on judging Mm -hmm my dad and Eileen but now she's looking at them in a whole different light and that's I think the beauty of talking to one another from a spirited place from how best can I be of service to share different things that happen in life that maybe can help someone see We all are navigating the same things in life and there are so many reasons why we make decisions and just having a little compassion for everyone just helps create a healthier space for all of us to feel valued and to feel that we can communicate in a place where we're not judged. So I think doing that in a way where, you know, I showed compassion, but But I didn't want to let the judgment part go without kind of communicating in a way where I was trying to reset those judgments. It's a tricky thing, but I think, again, for me, that's where all that mindfulness comes into play. And that's how you can change your relationships, whether some not-so-healthy relationships now in our personal life or those relationships that we have in the workplace. We never know what's behind those eyes and that body, that spirit looking at us. And a lot of miscommunication comes from judgment. And the less we judge, obviously we all have responsibilities and roles to play, but when we come from a place of service where we're trying to help one another navigate life's ups and downs, it just makes for a healthier community. Yeah, and it almost sounds like she's in a, your mom's in a stage in her life where she's doing a lot of self-reflecting and she's She's trying to find, like, what can she leave in this world that's positive? And so, you know, her making the comment, oh, you got that from me. 
Like I think that's mm-hmm. her striving to to know that she's leaving something positive behind because as, as people get older, they start reflecting on their life and decisions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one reason why I made a, a major career change is because I don't want to be, you know, sitting at a nursing home thinking, man, I really wish I spent more time with my kids. You know, yeah, I made great money and everything was fantastic, but you only get one shot at this thing that we call life. And, you know, spend it with those that can make you happy and and spend it doing things that make you happy. There's enough bad things out there in the world. There's enough, just turn on the news. If if you want to focus on something bad, just flip on the TV. But if you want to find the, the joys of life, reconnect with those broken relationships, reconnect with people, foster healthy relationships, focus on what's important. You know, I know now that when I'm in a nursing home, I'm not going to be sitting there thinking, man, I really wish I spent that extra time with my kids (laughs) because I'm living into it now. Um, You know, cherish what's important to you. And, and Ron, I I do think that what you've gone through is, is obviously something that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. And, and thank you for being vulnerable and courageous to, to share your experience with us. I'm sure we're going to dig in some more later on, but what an amazing story of just, gosh, you should write a book, <laughs> but what an amazing story of, you know, going from, you know, almost nothing to a rough childhood. And now, now look at you, you know, you're, you're working for one of the biggest transportation companies in America. You're changing people's lives. You're a, you're a role model. You're connecting with people that you don't even know and like changing their lives. Just as this podcast in and of itself, you know, we've got testimonials of people crying and, and sharing stories and it's very impactful. And um, thank you for sharing and, and being open and honest. That That's not a lot of people could do that. To be honest, I don't think, well, first of all, I never anticipated this happening, right? <laughs> I got yeah. into fitness and wellness and it was all about, it's crazy. It was about exercising and protecting myself because I was in a violent relationship, right? And then it was about being healthy and being a teacher and teaching other people, like students, Was it, whether it was high school kids or in the college arena, and now... I'm working with young 20 and 30 year olds that need to have someone have their back and listen to their stories. And it's so much more Bruce than what my 20 year old or 30 year old self thought. It's not just exercise. It's not just eat healthy. It's not just sleep. It's not about the dollar. It's not about the title. It's about the human spirit and having compassion for one another and helping each other reach our goals, whatever those goals are, by just trying to be a positive spirit and and lifting each other up. And from what I know about you, you do the same. And the way you prioritize your time for your family, I wish I would have done that when I was younger because, you know, I worked a lot and I missed out on some of those critical development years. But yeah, so, you know, as we wrap up here, perfect action item that you know i really hope that everybody endures is is call somebody that you haven't spoken to in a long time maybe it was a an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend that you once cared about maybe it's an uncle that you know you haven't talked to in a long time that you know you guys used to be good fishing buddies or somebody that you just that if they received a phone call from you it would brighten their day 
the pre-qualifier is before you call them, you got to think, okay, when this guy sees my number, when this girl sees, when this person sees my number, they're going to think, huh, haven't talked to them in a while. I Pick up the it. phone and make that call. That's a great action item. Well, guys, this concludes episode 13 of Work Life 360. Again, Rhonda, thank you for being vulnerable. And you guys take care and be safe to one another. Be well, everybody. Take care. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes, any links, any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumierswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningthesiegesforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.